No longer must we treat our precious ozone layer like the bastard stepchild of the cosmos. No longer can even the most jaded neocon fat cat deny the majesty of our mother ocean. What's going on with your neighbor across the way? Can you describe? Wow, so <clears throat> uh, there were two le- lesbians living across the street, and they bought this house for like 700K, which is incredible because it's a really nice house, old historic house. It's really cool inside. It's a lot like this house. Um, but then they immediately moved to San Francisco, so they rented it to this woman who I went and tried to talk to one day, and she was just so mean. Like, it was like, I'm trying to be a friendly neighbor. I mean, how? She was sitting there on her computer, and I went over there, and I went, and her dog started barking at me. And I was just like, hey, I live across the street. And she was like, hey, uh, yeah, uh, my dog's not too friendly. And I was like, okay, uh, just saying hi. And she was like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, literally, it was it was brazen. It was, like, brazenly rude. She was very, very rude. You got the brush off. Yeah, I got the full-on, like, I have no interest in, in talking to you. And now... We look at her across the street, and she's having a nice neighborly conversation with somebody, and it's like, fuck you. <laughs> I think it's because I'm a white male. Or maybe she just doesn't like assholes. <laughs> Sigmund! Evan Williams in the Evan house. Williams, Hot back takes. on the cast. Hot takes. Evan, so Evan, you're an interesting podcast guest because you are everyone's favorite, I have to admit. Oh. Everyone loves Evan on the Thank cast. Thank you, I appreciate that. I love being on the cast. Yeah, but we never know if you're going to show up or not. So it's always, we're always like sitting here with bated breath. Like, is he going to come? Is he going to come? We don't know. Well, I'm here okay. and uh, happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be here, everybody. Hey, hey. So you got the brush off and you think that that means maybe she was in a rush. Maybe yeah, no, it's entirely possible that she was just in a bat. She was like trying to do something and I was like interrupting her flow. It's possible. But she's over there having a good time right now. Now she's just having a laughing, the, the day of talking her life. to random folks talking walking random by. Folks. And you were upset because they weren't white and you thought that she just had a white person. Yeah, maybe is she, she white? What no, is she? she's, she's white. She's white. Maybe so... she hates white men though. Um... Well, I mean, I'm just kidding. We, we'll have to investigate. Can you have her on? <laughs> it was weird. I mean, want to ask her to be on? Nasty. I'll go ask her. As yeah. a black, I'm sure she'll be happy. Yeah, she'll welcome like, hey, you. Hey, come on over. And then you trick her into the white people's like, house. Uh, yeah, like, ha ha. Here's my friend. <laughs> Bet you didn't expect that. <laughs> like, hey, would you would you like to come over to my to my house and uh, just have a little just, something? Hey, you know? <laughs> Just come on she in. She looks inside. She's like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. White people live yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. This is not what I thought I was getting into. Weirdest subgenre of porn ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen Lemon Stealing Whores? No. That's a porn movie that I just was introduced to yesterday. It's a couple that owns a bunch of lemon trees, and then this woman comes in and steals their lemons and... She's a lemon stealing whore, and then I think they fuck her. But yeah, the, the, get a little payback. The yeah. the lead in was my favorite part. Yeah, like this is a very complicated lemons. premise, <laughs> or, or just whores. specific, like yeah. lemons. Okay, it sounds like a good porn intro. Sounds a little bit like Elsa Gate, which we'll get into next episode. Ooh, I can't wait for that Elsa Gate. It's the best. Oh my god, you're gonna love it. Elsa Gate. Oh yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that in a either earlier or later episode. Another good really porn is. title is "Come Drink My Vintage Wine." Set on a winery. How do they spell come? C U M. Oh, come drink my vintage cum. Come drink, comma, my come vintage drink. wine. Is that the yeah. name of the wine? <laughs> come drink my vintage wine. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't think that was a comma. I think it was just a straight a colon. Through. It was just straight through. Straight through. Okay. Oh, so yeah. it was just like, oh, okay. A command wow. come drink my vintage wine. Mm. Hmm. Or a request. Or a request. Right. Yeah. I guess it depends on how I play it out. Got any good porn titles? No. Um, there's one thing and one thing only on my mind right now, um, and that is 
what we all gathered here today for the, oh, the movie. You're not. You're the color commentator. You're not supposed to be doing the lead-ins. <laughs> sorry, making uh, Isaac jealous. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, no, uh, no, no porn titles. What else is on your? Mind? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Southland Tales. Oof. Charles's favorite film. It's not my favorite film, but I do love it. Wow. Okay. So let's give a little background of this movie. This movie, Southland Tales, <clears throat> is Richard Kelly, the director of Donnie Darko's second film. Right. And it came out in 2006. It went to Cannes in 2006. It theatrically released in the United States in 2007. To Cannes in 2006. And uh, just to provide a little background of what Richard Kelly, this really cool art house director coming off his first hit. So this guy, in terms of Hollywood social capital, and this will get into my theory of this film later. Richard Kelly is like good looking. Is he? Yeah. He's okay. he's like he's a, a man. hot young film director who just made a really cool mega hit. He's like, as far as Hollywood social capital goes, this is basically, he has, he's maxed out. You know, he can basically do whatever he wants he was offered major projects oh totally he was offered x-men 3 he's got as much Hmm. this is like exactly what hollywood is looking for is this guy in 2000 after donnie darko comes out and so this is what he says about his next movie southland tales the original script was more about making fun of hollywood but okay after he wrote it right before 7-eleven 7-eleven 9 11. <laughs> Never forget. 7 Eleven. Never forget 7 Eleven. Never forget 7 Eleven. He wrote it right after 9 Eleven. a bad talk. He said it was originally about making fun of Hollywood, but now it's about, I hope, creating a piece of science fiction that's about a really important problem we're facing about civil liberties and homeland security and needing to sustain both of those things and balance them. He described the film as a tapestry of ideas all related to some of the biggest issues that I think we're facing right now. Alternative fuel for or the alternative fuel or the increasing obsession with celebrity and how celebrity intertwines with politics. He called it a great black comedy. So I'm only saying this because it's like and he and then he lists his uh his influences as Andy Warhol and Philip K. Dick, as well as like pulp fiction, Brazil, and Doctor Strangelove. Yeah. My only point is that this guy is not trying to make a funny ridiculous movie <laughs> is, but is, he is. is he he's trying he's clearly takes it pretty seriously like he's not when, like when you I, wait when you, he's not like i'm trying to be david lynch when you reference uh dr strange love okay okay fair, and when you fair. say it's a black comedy yes you are trying to make a movie that is funny and ridiculous because ridiculous dr though? strange love is ridiculous Yes. The thing you just okay. said, though, right. that's the thing you no, just right. read or said put this more into context for me because it sounds like he wrote this script as a joke before he got like into the Hollywood machine and then whatever the Hollywood machine did to him made him start taking itself so seriously yeah, exactly. that like it yeah. wasn't a joke anymore. That's kind of how I feel. It's like he wrote this comedy film and then he was like, oh, but I need to like make it really serious. And, and he like, like unintentionally became the thing he was kind of making fun of. That makes so much more sense now. No, that's not right. That's All right. Not anyway, right. okay. Before we get into the analysis, we just need to talk. Every, about what everything happened. doesn't have to be a conspiracy. No, it's not related a conspiracy. to Hollywood. That's not a, con- that's not not a conspiracy. conspiracy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Isaac's specific oh, okay. thing because Isaac has. No, it's not a conspiracy. What's your What's your? Uh... No, I'm not, I, I, let's just talk about what happens in the film. Sure. Okay. This is an insane motherfucking movie <laughs> that everybody needs to see. You need to watch it. Let me let me clarify. You know, a lot of people a lot of people don't like it is, it is. a lot of people don't like Southland Tales and when I tell people that I love it they they expect me to like lash out at them. I totally understand people that don't like this movie. Like I 100% get it. It is a fiasco. That's what AV Club called it. They have that they have that series of like Flops are is it a failure, a fiasco, or a secret success? How did it do at the box office? Terrible. It made two hundred seventy five thousand oh dollars. Really? And it, well, and it was only a fifteen million dollar movie, which is insane because the budget for I this never movie heard should of this. to make this movie really work, you need about a hundred and fifty. No, the movie couldn't work no matter how much money you put into it. The other problem that happened was when they were promoting the film, the writer strike was going on, so none of the Clearly. late night talk shows uh, had any promotion on it. The Rock couldn't promote it. 
um, Justin Timberlake, Justin Meryl Timberlake Streep. And, uh, the not, first 15 not minutes Street. of this movie was me watching this movie like, oh my God, I can't believe, the, oh, The Rock is in this movie. Cool. And then it's like, oh, Justin Timberlake's in this movie doing a terrible Southern accent, even so though he's weird. from Tennessee. And then I was like, wait, Meryl Streep is in this movie? The, the, like, Meryl Streep is not, she's in, not in that movie. movie. She's the lady in the office, That's right? That's Miranda Richardson. She looks just like Meryl yeah, Streep. It's Meryl Streep ask anyway. Look, let's just talk about the <laughs> intro. So, okay. The first moments of this movie are pretty interesting. It's a post-apocalyptic Los Angeles. And you see, well, so you see bombs blow up in Texas, which then leads to this post-apocalyptic landscape all throughout America. Well, remember, there's also... There's a 15-minute explanation of what's going on. Of where we're going, which you already know we're in a bad place if there's 15 minutes of just pure exposition. Well, also remember that there is a... no dialogue for 15 minutes. There's a... There's three graphic novels that precede the film that have events related to the film that you just have to have read to have any idea of where the film is starting. That's, there's no excuse for that. I, I'm not saying it's where an excuse. Is that, where are the three graphic novels? You have to... You, you buy, there are graphic novels that you purchase at a bookstore. That Richard Kelly wrote? Yeah, Richard Kelly wrote. It's the first half of the movie. He just was like, well, they're just going to be graphic novels That's that I wrote. That's not how you should That's do that. Insane. I mean, Even look. more insane. So anyway, so you start hearing this na- narration with these like very weird titles and it's justin timberlake narrating yeah Uh, yeah and it's there's lots of poetry references so there's tons of like lines you've heard from poetry yeah revelation stuff but this isn't like cool like you look at it it feels very over the top and like circus like it's not it's not like it's cool it's maximalist in its in in the way that it approaches what it's doing it's a maximalist piece of art right and And also wait can i like i feel like we were way past the graphics packages that they put up, I thought we were beyond that in 2004. Exactly. It like, looked like a Super Nintendo loading screen. It looks like a Super screen. Nintendo loading screen thing because they only had $15 million. Well, also that was added after Con. That that whole sequence was post the... Because when it de- debuted at Con, it was about 20 to 30 minutes longer, the movie was. So so seven hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> so when, when they cut it for theatrical release, they put in that big intro, I think, to try to... I'm sure that was Sony saying, listen, you've got to center this somewhere and let people know what the fuck is right. happening. Right. That was the producer somewhere. said, uh, yeah, we'll... So get, where did we'll, it start yeah. initially? It was just The Rock waking up There's some... The there's more... I haven't seen the con cut. I've only seen pieces of it online, but they're... Well, you're going to confuse people if you don't describe the plot. Okay, so. sorry. Okay, so you start off with this very long exposition with these like weird graphics that tell you that you're in a post-apocalyptic world. But which are also a nod to like uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, a the, little bit of a the, nod to Starship the, Troopers. The, people should yeah. watch this movie before they listen to this podcast. <laughs> like, if you no, can, if you have four Anybody hours listening to, spare, to this podcast will go watch the movie. Okay, just so it. let me just explain some of the interesting first things. So you have this really long 15-minute explanation in the beginning where you learn that Clinton Lieberman is going up against the Republicans for control of California. For control of the United States. presidency. The California is the last state in right. play. Yeah. And because he, all of the government has changed. Yes. You yeah. need a passport to go across state lines now, which is in the 15-minute Timberlake spiel. Yeah, and so Timberlake is guiding us through this, and you don't really realize it's Timberlake until after it's all over. And then, so, you never see Hillary Clinton or Lieberman. You only kind of see the Republican side. Right. There's all these poetry references. You then are introduced to various different characters. Sean William Scott's Stifler Stifler. is a cop who's like saying racist things in the car to The Rock. And The Rock, is it just me or is The Rock about like four shades darker than he is in every other movie? What is that about? But you skipped a part. Stifler like comes to inside an apartment. At first I thought this was a a Venice movie. I was like, oh, like everything starts in in Venice. Venice. Like most of it's going on in Venice. So uh, Stifler wakes up in an apartment in Venice. He's looking around and then he's looking in the mirror and his reflection in the mirror is like on a time delay for some reason. And then, you know, um, Avon Barksdale and And, and Leslie Nope are like on the couch outside with (laughs) blood packs on. And they're like, all right, like you got to go do this thing, like you got to do it. And it's yeah, just Avon like, Avon Barksdale, Wood Harris on? from The Wire, and 
fucking what's her name? Amy Poehler from The Office or, or, are like are in there. And Amy Poehler is like back when Amy Poehler was like maybe hot. It's like is Amy Poehler hot? But and before we, it was distinguished, like no, she's not hot. Well, like, yeah, this remember is the movie was probably hot. shot in two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also Sherry O'Terry, yeah. who is also involved. She's one of the neo Marxists, right? And okay, yeah. So neo Marxists are are part of the plan. I mean, it's such a fucking clusterfuck. There's so many interesting ideas in it. I mean, it's amazing that this movie exists. It's really six in, movies worth of content. There in, are. Th- my favorite part was in Venice after we've been introduced to Justin Timberlake. There's like a scene with Sherry O'Terry beating up a gun dealer in a van. Christopher Lambert, and it's fucking the Highlander. It's yeah. Christopher Lambert, in an ice cream Highlander, truck. in an ice cream truck. And I'm just like every. It's so <laughs> weird. There's also a point where somebody gets shot on a toilet, and it's Eli Roth. Yeah, it's such a weird movie. It's like I. It sounds so and, intriguing, and then when you start watching it, and you're like, and don't this forget, is <laughs> don't forget. I disagree that it's horrible. <laughs> don't forget that. A lot of that plot that happens at the beginning is all, and I'm not saying I agree with doing it this way. It's you can't make art that relies on outside works to like that people don't give even your know knowledge. exist, or at least say like there's some stuff. You know, there's some. Well, they do stuff. because they say the, the chapters like four, five, and six in this one, Star Wars esque. Oh so, yeah, uh, just so much going. The, so many things in happening. the in the graphic novels. Some of that stuff is set up, like the the staging of that scene and going Cherry O'Terry dealing with the gun dealer. Like a lot of that information and what's happening is conveyed also in the in the graphic novel part and just kind of dropped into the middle of it. Again, I don't think you can make a movie that way. But for this, it didn't really bother me. Yeah. So Sarah Michelle Geller is the super dark-skinned rocks porn star girlfriend. And she's always singing these like super red-pilled songs that are like, everybody fuck. Teen, teen horniness teen is not horniness a crime. Teen horniness is not a crime. Yeah, There's definitely what? some red-pilled what? shit going on in here, man. Like, did you notice like half the characters have Jewish last names? <laughs> there, There's like some definite... And there's also a moment where like... uh. They have Revelation three nine, like which like flashes on the screen in one of these like weird times. This is like clearly when he was writing like the t- Hollywood takedown, and Revelation three nine is, uh, look at those who belong to the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews but are liars instead. I will make them come and bow down at your feet, and they will know that I love you. That like flashes missed, on the fucking screen. That. Yeah, I completely. It's like clearly that. he's kind of anti-Semiteisming. Like he's definitely anti-Semitic signaling a little bit. I don't know about when did that. that. Pop yeah. up on the screen. It I pops. I, I'm, boy, I'm not making it up. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that that's anti-Semitic signaling. No. All right. Not anti-Semitic signaling, but clearly he's like. That sounds kind of anti-Semitic. Know, you know? Well, because part of the plot of the movie is is based on revelations, right? Like the the character played by what's his face from the Princess Bride. Yeah, Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn is the Antichrist. Right, he's the Antichrist I didn't even figure. Pick that up. Yeah. Oh, is that the, the guy with the, with the hair the Asian girlfriend? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Wait, we need to maintain some. We gotta walk. Are we walking through the plot here? I don't. I don't even know what the plot is. Honestly. All right. So I, after then, watching it, I, I have no. I, I didn't understand what was going on. At this all. is the first time I've ever taken notes. I, I had to after about <laughs> fifteen. Once I th- the woman who was not Meryl Streep showed up. Robert Richardson. Like, okay, I have to write this down because obviously there's going to be too much. I'm pretty here. familiar with the plot. I can. All right, so I've seen this movie enough times. So that, then, The Rock is at the apartment with Krista now. Yes, and Stifler shows up, and they're like, "Let's go out on a ride around for the day because we've mo- we've written a movie script that's like foretells the end of the world." Right. Okay, and so then they go on the ride around, but then Jay Sherman, the critic, shows up and messes up the shooting, the fake shooting, and Jay Sherman kills Avon Barksdale and Leslie Nope. Right. <laughs> and then it's right. just like, give me the camera and get out of here like you already know what time it is. Yeah. But And he says, flow my tears, yeah. which is a Philip K. Dick reference. Ah, yes. A lot of, a lot of literary references no. going on in here. And so they both run out and run off, right? Yeah. And so after that, we go back to the see-through raincoat workshop where what is happening in that's there? us ident okay that's <laughs> that's the homeland security equivalent 
that monitors uh, everything. Everything, apparently. basically. Yeah. It's and like she's the, like it's the machine the, on Batman, right? Forever and she's married to the senator who's running for president, right? Okay. Right, Frost. Frost, another who is the reference. father of the Rock's seemingly estranged wife that yes. he has run away from to go and who be is Mandy with Moore? Kristen now. Who is Mandy Moore? Yeah, who's looking? Like I was like, is that man? That's like the chick from This Is Us, and it, but like younger, and it was Mandy Moore. Yeah, it's so Mandy every, Moore. Everyone is in this movie. Everybody's like if in you it. were semi-famous in two thousand and four, you were in this movie. You were in this exactly. movie. Yeah, um, the Rock in the comic book, the Rock's character, uh, he disappears and he sh- shows up in the desert. His memory, he has no memory of what happened, so he gets picked up. And that's how he comes into contact with Krista now. And she convinces him that they wrote the screenplay together, which they didn't, and that he's going to direct this movie. Uh, uh, so that's why the Rock storyline begins, because he's been sort of yeah. brainwashed into thinking this stuff is going to happen. Yeah, and this is The Rock. It's so weird. It's like... <laughs> you can see that he's a star, but it's I, like... He has moments... But it's like where you're what? like, I, I, he has moments where the wrestler rock comes out and you're like, okay, you are a star. Right, right. But a lot of it is like, I think he's just so, trying to find a place to act so in this. Like, I can only imagine having read this script and being like, so what exactly? Do yeah, you and his agent's like, you got to do it. Here. You got to yeah. do it. This is your way in. Like, yeah, you like, got to start it. somewhere. It's Richard Kelly, you know, like, go do it. Yeah, it's a weird performance. And like, I don't know if like we are laughing at him or if we are in on the joke. Or if he is laughing at us, like right. I am completely confounded, and I went through all three multiple times during this movie. It's it's just yeah. my favorite part is when he gets held up on the beach by a crazed woman who's like, "I, you have to let me suck your dick yeah. right what now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to let me suck your dick, or I'm gonna kill myself." But that's it's that's amazing. two hours off at this. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like we're, way we're, into that's the movie. Way like you've forgotten <laughs> that there was even. A shooting by the time I personally had no I I could not follow the plot at all I mean I didn't know what was going on whatsoever I I, I had no understanding of what was happening yeah and it doesn't really matter yeah that's a problem though like this is the thing that I this is the the case that I have with his films a lot of the time he has very super hyper complicated plots right for all three of his movies for Donnie Darko for this one and for the box they're very complicated there's lots of stuff going on but the thing that I like about it is it doesn't really matter like what the plot is. There's just a weird it's like a it's like having when I first saw the movie, I thought it was like a dream that I had. It's so it just yeah. stuck with me for days. It's like a fever dream. You know, but everybody always says that about about Lynch movies, about Gaspar Noé. Well, yeah, because that's everybody's always like a fever dream. Like Gaspar Noé, I don't dream. know about Gaspar Noé being a fever dream. That's kind of a different thing. All right, well, who else is one of these totally impressionistic directors? But what, there's nothing know, like, where it's you don't know what's going on. But that's Lynch. Who else? That's you can still construct a movie and use dream logic and have it be fine. Like the movie's not. It's about a but lot see, of those it things. It feels like he's not using dream logic. It's just nobody knows what the fuck is going on. It, or, or just it's too, it's too much. It's like too this much. could have been four very good, palatable movies. I think. Like yeah, it's and, it's like, maximalist. Even, but it's just and it's, it's so, or at least, at least halfway through that it should have been. This should have been two movies. Like four is a. It's four big ideas in one movie, but it is two films worth of content here that would have made a lot more sense if it was like okay, an hour and a half in, cut it off. Now part two's coming out next year or whatever. But like it's a lot for yeah, one. I mean, second. I just don't think the economics would have allowed for that. He's after the first seven hundred thirty-five thousand. You don't think they could have secured another release for a sequel? <laughs> All right. So d- what? My right, so my big question. Walk us through the rest of it. But before that, my big question is, how much? First of all, how the fuck does something like this get made? And secondly, how much of this is intentional, and how much of it is just horrible filmmaking? You know. What do you mean horrible filmmaking? Like what? What aspect? It doesn't hold together at all. It's a complete 
collage clusterfuck of like horrible CGI and like bad acting well, and like it's well nonsense. done, but it's just like what is it? You're it's just not so confused. Well done. It is the opposite of no. Well it done. I think it is well it's done. Good shots. It's, like it's the lighting's right, the color correction is right on everything. Like it's not. It's not poorly done. Comic. It's just poorly conceived. I think if we have to lay some blame somewhere, I feel like, like it's like poorly. It, done. Just, it just looks like a horrible like Sharknado. It looks like Sharknado. Well, this is this is again your typical dumb critique of filmmaking. Like you have to put aside, you have to put aside stuff like that. Like it had a. It's an independent film. It was financed. Was it in a, independent finance? Yeah, it was it independently looks like financed. There could have been some studio like. This is an argument for studio executives. Yeah, like, it was yeah, somebody yeah, really like, wait yeah, yeah, a minute, yeah, 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 yeah. like, and the version. I, I hate to be the guy, yeah, but like, uh, I'll be. I'll be. Studio and the version that yeah. that you saw is not the original version. The original version is longer. And when Sony bought the domestic distribution rights, they said, "All right, you need to cut." And we'll give you more money for effects. But it's an independently made movie, so it's almost like just silly to even do that because it's like, are you really going to turn this well, into course. something digestible? It's like, no, you know what I mean? It's like, why, why even try to give it the like? Let's make this into a watchable well, again, movie. Again, it's ma- it's a it's a maximalist piece of yeah, art, right? Exactly. It's not interested in being small, and it's not really interested in being digestible. It's not what its focus is. It's more his movies are about feeling and and about. Yeah, but if that was true, he wouldn't poem. need fifteen minutes of fucking exposition at the beginning. Well, again, that that's imposed. Yeah, okay. that's that's told to him to have in there. So he did it in a kind of graceless, but also it, it feels like. Someone made him do that. Like there's, there's a, sh- like I hate to say shoddiness, but I'm, I'm like, not well, yeah, because really they use another word, but it just looks kind of like, it's like a crappy explanation at the beginning that should have almost just like if you're gonna half-ass it, just don't do it. If right? you remember, like, yeah, exactly, don't no, take don't the note even to add do that. 15 yeah. minutes yeah. and then just give us that exist. at the beginning. If you remember right. the shots that they use, there's like shots from the graphic novel in that sequence. A lot of those drawings are taken. The, out graphic, of the graphic, graphic novel that we didn't know existed right. before we saw. I knew this it existed. <laughs> Wait, right. so did the did the comic books come out before the movie? Yes. Okay. And he wrote them. Yeah, he wrote them, and somebody drew them. Wow. Yeah. There's three parts to it, so it's like the first three parts. And, and what like, parts are the movie like? So four, they started at like four, five, six. So it's like one, so it's a three part comic book, and then so this isn't redoing the comic book. This is just the continuation after the comic book. Yeah, in one, all three parts in one. Yeah, because okay. they divide the movie into three parts. If you remember, there's three intertitles: chapter four, whatever it's called; chapter five, chapter and then six. wave of mutilation. Yeah, an hour yeah. and a half after they played the song, wave of mutilation. Yeah, because that's the name yeah, of one I of the things. That too, yeah. Yeah, the soundtrack was good. Well, a he's a he's a great. No. Yeah, he is one of his strengths. Like if you compare Richard, I can talk about Richard Kelly all day. If you compare Richard Kelly to David Lynch, like David Lynch uses music in like a really distancing way, right? But Richard Kelly uses music in a very like bring you into it way. Same true. thing. With no, the, yes, that's true. He's he's very good at at selecting music that works with. Yeah, but it's the just the difference screen. is Lynch is totally impressionistic. Each of his scenes is just like a dread-filled standalone thing. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, Mulholland Drive has a plot, but it's just uh, so influential each thing, you know? It's like, you know, I just watched Eraserheads. Like, even that is so fucking disturbing. Every He just knows how to really hit those disturbing images on the head. I didn't think about David Lynch before. Where this is so not, just... But it's not. It's not Everybody's doing what David Lynch. Things. I, I it's not doing what David Lynch does. It's it's doing it and it's doing something different. But it has the same intent. It's like, kind of it's kind of the same result for me. Like Lynch and Kelly, like they both have an idea, and it seems to get to like ninety five percent realization. But that's just the uncanny valley for me. Like none of their work makes any sense to me. Yeah. Like it's all just kind of nonsensical on the verge of something great, but it just kind of falls apart in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, they just leave it looking like chunks of a thing that can't really be strung together. I saw a really good, a few years ago, they had a screening of Lost Highway at uh, Arclight and Richard Kelly talked about it afterwards. Oh, they yeah. did a Q&A with him and that was pretty interesting to hear his take on the film and He's clearly influenced by David Lynch. Like he's obviously, that's one of his cinematic 
uh, forebears. You can see somebody that. that talks about. All right, so to walk us through generally the rest of the plot in a short way. So oh there's no way to there's no way to do that. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to sum it up. Basically, the Republican, the Senator Frost or whatever his name is in the movie, is trying to secure California. His daughter is married to The Rock, who is a big action star. But The Rock has gone missing and is supposed to be campaigning with Frost, and they're desperately trying to figure out where he is. Why is The Rock so much darker skinned? Can you explain that? Can anybody explain this? Has he dyed his skin? Maybe he's been outside more or something. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's very noticeable. It's like The Rock is like you? Do you like The Rock less? And yeah, for some reason, I just like him less. It's weird. <laughs> Only Isaac would it, even think like, about that. No, I, like, I did notice it. I was like, man, The Rock's like got a great tan in this movie. I, I thought he looked better. Well, yeah, they but, shot a lot outdoors. You know, who knows what was going on when? Well, it's just it, what the, the the weird fucked up thing is. Like, are they lightening him in every one of these like, fucking movies? Is he like getting post? Lightened. They probably post? they might lighten him up to make him more appealing to yeah, like middle America and up. people that clearly cannot get yeah. past it. Well, I, hey, I've... seems like they're right to yeah, do it. Yeah. Seems, seems like studio executives are good at more than one thing, right? Yeah. So there's that story with Just him. Give him three shades lighter. It'll help him sell. He'll, he'll go over a little bit better in, in Alabama. He's in been, Evanston. He's been brainwashed, and he thinks that he's supposed to make this movie. And play this character named Jericho Kane, that's the cop in the script, which is also the name of, I believe, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in End of Days. That was uh, oh yeah Jericho Kane. Yeah, so there's a there's a little well you, you cookie al- in there. You also get it. What Jericho Kane? Yeah, Jericho Kane. Yeah, I thought that's what they said one yeah, time, me and then too. they went back and called him Jericho, and I was like Jericho Kane, which really leads me to think. That this okay. I'll wait to give you my hot take. But finish the oh, uh, the thing. Is it a drug movie? Is that no, your, no, no. Is it an anti-Semitic Jew hating? No, no treatise. So that's his storyline. And in the comic book, it's established. So the the Wallace Shawn character is this guy who has figured out a way to harness the ocean in order to generate power. Right. Because the war in the Middle East has destroyed any ability to use oil. Right. Which so, is also a drug. Yeah. So so the <laughs> Which is also a drug. The power the power being used is also tearing holes in space time continuum and slowly destroying the, it's slowing the rotation of the What's earth. What's it down. called? Uh, uh, liquid karma. Liquid karma. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is it liquid karma or is it there's two different karmas? Crystal karma? No. I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Look, I think it's like karma. So the the uh, the other half of the karma is being used to inject soldiers during the uh, Iraq War. Right. And that is where uh, Sean William Scott's character and Justin Timberlake's character know each other from. They were in a unit together in Iraq, and they were po- uh, hopped up on liquid karma or whatever Fluid, the fluid karma and liquid fluid karma. karma. Fluid That's karma, I think, fluid is the, the energy. Liquid karma is the drug. So they're hopped up on liquid karma in Iraq. By the way, none of this is in the movie or mentioned. <laughs> or, yeah, it's, it's, none of this is described, just yeah. so you know. You have to read. If you're going to watch Southland Tales, you might as well read the comic book. Yeah, yeah. So in Iraq... This episode requires nine and a half hours. Yeah. Back There's a lot of work. Like blowing the mic. It's Sorry. fine. It'll all fix it in post. Okay. Uh, the... In Iraq, they're hopped up on liquid karma, and they're in a gun battle. One of, uh, I I can't remember which character it is. I think it's Sean William Scott's character is listening to that killer song that shows up later in the film. Yeah, right. He's drugged out. He he throws a grenade, and it blows up Justin Timberlake's face. Um, So that's why there's a musical number in the film. Wait, but that doesn't happen in the film either. No. Yeah. So, but that's why that number happens. Is that? What? Yeah, because yeah, we don't having, know why. The we don't know why any of this is happening. Yeah. He's just, having this guilt-ridden memory of of that, and that's why Justin Timberlake does a musical number. But too. so the way it plays out in the film is, he walks into a pawn shop where Justin Timberlake works, trades some weed for a needle, sticks it in his neck, and then Timberlake goes into a killer's "I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier" yeah, right. dance routine with '70s diner. 
like no it's at the uh it's at the uh arcade on the santa monica pier that's right it's at an arcade yeah and i think that's an editing issue i think they cut something out because there's no reason that it happened during that part of the movie there's no reason for justin timberlake to be in this movie movie at all period because he uh after the justin timberlake number is over sean william scott wakes up but he wasn't before the the musical number so i think that's weird editing that they're just frantically chopping out stuff also janine garofalo and kevin smith were in the film and are almost completely removed yeah you can see them in two different shots there's a there's a big fat guy with a beard and a wheelchair that's kevin smith and then she at you can see her at the very end of the film like she's in one shot but she's in the background just yeah just there but she had like a speaking role in the film that they had to cut because well, she lucked out. They were I, cutting I mean, stuff out. They had to cut because they, you know, otherwise it would have not made any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah people were like, listen, I can, st- can I tell you, by the way, when I first saw this movie, like it's weirdness even creeped into real life because I was at, I went to go see it at the landmark and this giant bridal party came in and they were trashed. And I was like, what, why are they oh, in here seeing this movie? Yeah. And it was one of the, one of the people in the bridal party was one of the women that hung out with Krista now in the film. It was her friend's wedding. So what? they all came to see her in oh, the movie I and they see. were wow. fucking trash. And then so they left. Literally saw no, this. I left because they were so loud and I came back the next day to, to watch it again. Oh my God. <laughs> Jeez. So weird. You really like this movie. I can, I can see getting into this though. I mean, it's, it almost seems like you miss something when you watch it. It's, I liked, what I liked about it was, again, I liked, the plot's not really a concern of mine, and I had a vague idea what was going on because I read the comic books, but I liked the feeling that it gave me because it was so strange, and, you know, I was living in LA, and I was living in Venice at the time, too, so it, it really felt like a... Yeah, they're at the Sidewalk Cafe, which is, like, yeah. down the street yeah, from the Yeah, right, right, right. yeah like it's a big... There's a lot of Venice. Of there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Venice stuff. I thought this was a Venice movie. I was like, all right, where does this rank among Venice movies? Yeah. But then about an hour later, I was like, it's not yeah, about not, Venice. This is not a Venice film. Right. Yeah. I think it's definitely... Anybody that's like, I hated the movie, I think it's shit, I, I understand, I disagree. All right, so what, what happens? All right, so, so then... Then what happens? So... Uh, the so we we've described some of the stories that Sean William Scott has two characters in the movie. Yeah, he's right? got like a twin brother. He's a twin, but they're not actually twins. They're, they're the same. The same person. They're the same person the because the the rock was driven by him through a tear in the space time continuum, right? Wherein somehow four of them went came out. Yeah, and one was burned to death, and that was one of the rocks. And then the two Sean William Scotts are separate and doing their own thing but that doesn't i mean like if one of the rocks got burned to death shouldn't a sean william scott have gotten burned to death i think they killed one of the rocks i think one of the rocks was purposely killed in the movie or is this comic book backstory comic book backstory okay and and that's why there's only three yeah and that's why the rock his memory is gone okay so then this is all uh, boring what what (laughs) what happened so eventually there's a giant blimp that gets involved the mega zeppelin okay so what's the mega zeppelin (laughs) named after uh what's her face jenny von westphalen who okay, I don't know. is that? Isn't that Karl Marx's wife or girlfriend? Yeah, there's also a group of like old farty Jewish women that are controlling the neo-Marxists. He was <laughs> yeah. right. He was right about that. I was like, <laughs> he was right about The Rock becoming an action star. He was right about Justin Timberlake. I mean, these are like these guys' first movies, which is so weird that they were all in this movie. And then there's these like all of these like this group of Jewish women. They all have, but like, they're Jewish like from last American like, Horror Story, like, like freak cinnamon show. and like Pinsicky and stuff. <laughs> and they're like running the neo Marxists, and they're these kind of like fat, like frumpy, angry women, which is yeah. kind of like a little bit genius to like have telegraphed that that's where we would be in ten years. <laughs> uh, so the Mega Zeppelin gets launched. And most of the characters. So, are what's on the there. point of the Mega Zeppelin? I think it's just a party, but all the the players of the movie are on it. But there's really some build up to this Mega Zeppelin yeah. thing. It's just like, and then yeah, there's some plan. Every that thirty they talk minutes about. or so, they're like, the whole world's going to end tonight. Yeah, and then they get on the Mega Zeppelin, which turns out to be completely inconsequential to the whole world ending story. Right? Like that could have happened at Centennial Park or something. Like that could have been anywhere. 
There's, yeah, I don't. Does the world end, or does just the Mega Zeppelin get? Well, you don't up? know. You don't know what happens because once the the two guys that have been separated are now, you know, the two guys that are the same person are coming together again, the, holding hands in a floating ice cream, in a floating ice cream okay. that so, lifts up right. another guy on top with a rocket launcher. Yeah. So you don't know what's happening. Nothing happens, and then you don't know what happens. That's basically <laughs> what happens with this movie. It's very impressionistic. Oh, God. It's a lot. Um, anyway, okay, so here's my theme. Tell me what you guys think of this thesis okay. of, of how this movie comes to be. It's almost like... Okay, Richard Kelly makes this incredible movie. Donnie Darko's a great movie. He is like boy fucking wonder, moves to Hollywood. Everybody wants a piece of this guy. He has, again, tons of social capital. He writes the script, and since we're in Emperor's New Clothes world here, everybody's like, this is awesome, Richard. Yeah, we must like, just we not love get you. It. We love you. You are fucking amazing. And Richard Kelly, being probably a stubborn motherfucker, is like, instead of like just kind of realizing this is a, speaking of killing your darlings, a movie full of darlings with nothing in it, is like, I'm actually going to fucking make this thing. He like has been hanging out with the cool kids in Hollywood for like a couple years. He's just like, Hey guys, let's go all hang out on this set for fucking six months, get people to pay for us to like do drugs and like hang out with each other. In doing so, he cashes in all of his social capital in one like fucking fell swoop. He He just uses it all up. It's like, I'm going to use up every bit of clout I have in one fucking like but that's, thunderous hold on. fuck up. That's not, that's not reflective of the history of the movie. The movie, the, all the actors worked for scale. It was not financed by Hollywood. Exactly, though. No, but I'm saying he, they work for scale because he, he's like the cool kid. He, so they're all like he, he can use all that capital up in one shot. Instead of saying like, all right, I'm going to get Daniel Day-Lewis to come and work for scale because I'm a hot new director. He's like, I'm going to get all my friends to come in here and work for fucking scale and just blow it all. I'm going to blow all my social capital in one fucking fell swoop wad and just make something that is totally incoherent. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that was the story cuz he got to Hollywood after Donnie Darko. They said, "Hey, you want to direct X-Men? You want to direct this? You want to work on right. this project?" And he was like, "No, I want to make movies that I want to make." So he could have, you know, he could have bit the bullet and and made some of that stuff. But that's he, what I'm saying. He, he, I mean, I think the guy's an artist. He has a specific vibe that he likes to put out there. And if you watch, like, if you watch an Adam Sandler movie where it is just guys hanging out on a set and fucking around and putting out a product, that's not what Southland Tales is. Like, no, that, it's Southland Tales is a very I mean, it may not work and it may be all over the place, but it's very consistent. Yeah, there's no improv in this movie. There's, this is all very specifically scripted. It's It came out exactly the way he wanted it to yeah. come out. I think I agree with something going on somewhere in between both of what you guys are saying. Like, he clearly used, like, a lot of the leverage that he, and goodwill that he had built from Donnie Darko to get to say, I don't know how much this movie is going to cost, but I'm going to make exactly the thing I want to make with zero input from anybody else. Yeah. Like it really feels like there is no input from any other like moderating sources here. Yeah. And like did that and put it out and everybody's just like, all right, you got to do the thing you wanted to do. Now, can we please get to work on something else? Right. You know but then I mean? he never turned that corner. It's like, I feel like this was so, he called in so many favors and made something so bad that he almost just like, but it's not torpedoed. I mean, himself. you can't. You know argue, what I mean? Like, it's like most people get a couple fuck ups, but this is such a colossal fuck up. I don't know anything like, about this dude, so you, I mean, you, you can't say that it's bad. Exactly. It's not a. It, you can't say that it's <laughs> exactly. It, it's it's not bad. It was nominated. For, it was competed for Palm Door. The New York Times gave it a good review. A bunch of places have have looked on it favorably, and in retrospect, it's it's gained more esteem as the years have passed. In fact, watching the movie in, in this year. Is is better than watching it in you know the time when it came out. Remember, it's a Bush era film, and now yeah, because there's a know, fake George Bush in the movie for for a solid ten minutes. Yeah, now it's 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 even more. I feel like the the is dis- there? 
There's a fake George Bush in there, yeah. I feel like the the dystopia of of the film is is even more relevant now. If you no, I it. think that's the thing. There are some real genius parts of this world that he's built that are really telegraph where we are now. Yeah, I, I think he really. It's a prescient. It's film. very red pilled. Like it's it's pretty. And then at the end, it's like, don't kill yourself. Like, do you know they used to make actual fucking like right wing kind of thematically right wing movies like i was armageddon still my favorite movie of all time is a very fucking right wing film it's like very libertarian like the whole backing of it i mean michael bay i think is pretty conservative well if you watch transformers yeah you can tell he makes exactly. obama the villain of the second transformers right right movie. it's like yeah, yeah. and they, i feel like they you've seen the second transformers ever, movie. No, obama is after the first one obama yeah. it, by the way if you want to watch a real train wreck that's like <laughs> the last night no no i haven't even i'm not even there watch the second transformers movie revenge of the fallen that is a complete and total train wreck yeah. It's probably one of the worst things you could ever see. Huh. Right. And it, my, my point, though, is that... And Obama's the villain. And Obama's yeah, the bad yeah. My point is that it's like, <laughs> I love where this movie is coming from because it is, it's coming from a totally unplugged, truly independent way of thinking that yeah. was prescient, you know? But as Evan says, it's like, I'm usually a believer that it's better to let an artist do his thing. Mm-hmm. Because you're just going to end up fucking it up if you try and tack on your stupid shit onto it. This is kind of an example, though, of like, yeah, you know, maybe somebody should have come in here and just gutted. I would rather. And say, like, this idea makes sense. This idea makes sense. Make a movie. But I'd rather have this movie in existence than like 10, 20 regular whatever Hollywood of course. movies oh, starring, totally. oh, yeah, starring of course. any of those people. No, definitely. Like if you, if, we wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. If no, you, if you I'm, catalog, I'm, I'm pro Southland Tales. About really? two hours in, I was just like, you know what? Like, I love that this exists. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I love that this exists and I'm very happy about this, but it's just like, I, it's a cautionary tale. A movie is such a big thing. Like, right. I think it's just proof that you need a moderating influence, no matter how brilliant yeah, you, you think you are. Right. Like, you know, some, well, some especially collaboration when you're that helps. young. Like, I mean, the, the reason why I'm frustrated is exactly the reason you're saying. I'm really happy this movie exists also, but it just sucks that it sucks that it's so shitty because if it wasn't so shitty, but it's not shitty. It's, it's not, not shitty. It just kind of sucks. It's not shitty. It's, it's just a, it's just not a, it's not, a, it's not a commercial work, uh, but it doesn't have like, all right. A Lynch film is equally all over the place, but it has this like sheen of quality to it that I feel like is Have lacking. Have you seen Inland he's Empire? Just, he's just better at forcefully pushing over heavy-handed dialogue. Like but, a lot but of David dialogue Lynch, is really But David juvenile. Lynch also gets a pass because he's David Lynch. Like, we, true. We, we let David Lynch get away with shit like Inland Empire, which I is... Which I haven't seen, but it's yeah. not, I actually mix up Southland Tales and Inland Empire in my head. Yeah, they're... they're so was this guy good. supposed to be the next David Lynch? Like, was that no, what he, we were him for here? Because I haven't seen Donnie Darko when Donnie Darko is better than Everybody says that. When Donnie Darko came out, it came out really at the perfect time because it was right after September 11th and it was weird and it's set in the 80s. And it's really kind of the progenitor of 80s set retro films. Right. It, okay. it did it it's way funny. early. It's funny, Gracie said that exact same thing it's, two days it, ago. It's yeah. set in 88 right before the election. Uh, it was Jake Gyllenhaal just jumping off uh, point. It's a, It uses 80s music to great effect. It's really... It has kind of an obscure plot as well, but it's very grounded, unlike Southland Tales. It's super grounded in reality. And so he was supposed to be like the indie darling and somebody that can make stuff that young people like. And he got offered all that shit when he came to Hollywood and he's just not that guy. And he blew it. I mean, he blew it. I, well, I hate to say that, but he, like, well, that's, look, that's, I agree with to, you guys what you're saying in this a, movie, but the movie does not fucking work at all. According and, to and, you. And well, according to, I would say probably anybody who attempts to watch this film. So it's like knowing what we know, know about, about films, what really sucks is if he had pulled this off, Movies would be so different today. I don't know. <laughs> that seems if he had pulled this off, that means the world would have been a different place when this came out. Yeah. I just feel like if he pulled it off, Hollywood would be better off because we'd be like, oh, damn, like true artists can do crazy shit and come through. Whereas he had a big chance. And I, in my personal opinion, he like, but that's not only failed, you're, he colossal. You're making, failed. it was a, it was a colossal failure. You're evaluating, <laughs> but you're evaluating his artwork based on what you want him to be doing. And that's not, his job isn't to do 
like films the way that you want them to be done. He he has a very specific aesthetic and vibe. If you watch the box, it's the same thing. The box's plot is insane. It's, I've seen the box. It's a it's I a, hated the box. It's also. a crazy movie that kind of the looks. The box was a little better looking though. I mean, this the, it's just the special effects. It's just. It's so again, bad. what do you want? What do you want to do about that? Like you have a limited budget, you got to do what you can. Like that's not a criticism of a movie. Okay, constraints set art free. Said Leonardo da Vinci. It's, Work with the constraints you have. Like he wasn't. He was making a movie without constraints when he was constrained, and it did just. I, I totally hear what you guys are saying. I I agree. It's great this movie exists. I love Richard Kelly for Isaac making is close minded. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think you guys are nuts art. to think that this is the this thing is about Isaac. Movie. Isaac has Isaac has commercial movie tastes, and it's very disappointing. I told you, you like my Transformers, movie not only Transformers. Of the Fallen. I hate superhero films. I know that. I tried to. One of the things we want to do for the podcast is make Isaac watch a superhero film all the way through. I and, just, I can, and just yeah. record it's it. It's tough to do it. Just force him to sit there. And, and, and I, I want to put a really shitty one on, like Batman v Superman. or oh, Yeah, which I watched like half X-Men of. X-Men Days of, of Future Past. Oh, oh that oh. one's not bad. I kind of like the X-Men Whoa. franchise. Okay, yep. That's, <laughs> so that's where we are. He likes... <laughs> I, try to get, X-Men franchise. I try to get Isaac involved with Dances with Films to screen movies for it, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, uh, and he just he couldn't... He couldn't. Can't get he couldn't bear it. I can't. It's yeah. It's it's tough for me to watch bad movies. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I can get through bad movies because at a certain point the hook is in. Yeah. You know, like about an hour and a half in, I was like, all right, this is a bad movie. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then about an hour forty five, I was like, okay, you know what? Like we've we've hit the event horizon here. Like this thing, I'm I'm in the black hole now. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going through whatever comes out is coming yeah. out. Again, I and get- I paused it. There was an hour and a half left. <laughs> And I was just like, okay, here we go. Like strap it in. And by the end, I was just like, this is, this is probably the most ambitious film I've seen in the past decade. Oh, it's definitely the most ambitious. The man is shooting his shot. And like that is to be commended on all levels. He's like, I am going to, I'm saving it all up for one big, one colossal shot. The guy is a, is a, is a, is a great artist. And it just felt like he knew that this shot was going to be his only shot yeah. yeah, because there is so much stuff in here. It's like, yeah. you know, like yeah, if, I got, if I got a bunch of pilot scripts I wrote and somebody's like, oh, like let us, we're going to make one. Then I just decided to put them all together. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm actually well, going to take my yeah, characters, like, every character I've ever written. It's, it's going to be like the yeah. Avengers, but with everything I've ever created, yeah. they're all going to be in this one movie. And like, don't worry about it. They're standalone pilots for all the rest of them if you want to read these eight backstories. Yeah, but yeah. like, this is it. This is the thing. And it's all together. And it's about freedom of expression and internet overreach. And yeah. Just like yeah. It's about everything I care about, about everything at, I care at one about, time, you know, and climate change. All right. Yeah. So let's give. Everybody's final thoughts on it. Everybody's final thoughts in Southland Tales. Everybody's final thoughts Go in ahead, Southland, Southland, Southland Tales. Tales. I love. I've always loved that LA. The the best nickname for LA is the Southland. It's great. Agreed. That's a good it's one. It's a great fucking nickname for a city. We should. We, people should say that more. No. Yeah. Um. All in all, again, definitely go watch this movie. Without a doubt, you're not going to make it through it. You're not going to make it through more than twenty That's minutes you. of it. I don't think that's okay. commercial Isaac. Well, you got to make it through twenty minutes because fifteen minutes is <laughs> just solid explanation. The title to, the title happen? card doesn't show up until like minute seventeen. See it because of the beauty of the ideas. <laughs> the ideas are so. It just makes you have faith in art because it's like here's a thinking person who's trying to get something across, and he's got a lot of really interesting ideas. So see it for that reason. Also see it as a cautionary tale of what happens if you do not execute some level of pragmatism over your ideas. And hey, where's Richard Kelly now? Fucking nowhere. Where's, wait, I'm, I'm sure he's doing fine. Where no, he's is, not. Is he not? <laughs> he made the box, which was like a little bit, I think a little bit more of an attempt to come to, I mean, the box is also crazy, but it's much more refined than Southland. I'll, I'll speak on it in a minute, but <laughs> but I think he lost his chance, man. I mean, he blew his wad. He was like, "Here's the check again." I think he. Everyone would love for Richard Kelly to make another Donnie Darko. Everyone wants that, but I think no one will touch him because of this movie. Because anybody, anybody with money who's seen this movie, any fucking dumbass 
rich guy who wants to get into movies who's seen this is like, whoa, no way. I am not giving you a fucking dime because I'm not cranking out one of these is he hard stinking to work fucking... No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. He seems very... When I, saw, when I saw him at the David Lynch thing, he seemed very cool and grounded <laughs> and he seemed like... I mean, it's hard to tell when somebody's in the public persona, but he seemed like a really I mean, just nice the, the dude. script seems like he's a guy that does not take notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I'm... I'm I don't want any notes. Yeah. Yeah. Evan, do you have a Um yeah, I'm I'm just excited that this is a thing. Like I was I ended up very excited that this is a thing and like kind of reinvigorated to some degree my belief in the in the creative filmmaking process. You know, like there is space out there, no matter what people say about how much money there's not for movies or how little interest there is in artistic expression, like there is enough room out there to get something made completely on your own if you wanted to. Um, and that's an exciting thought, you know what I mean? Like in this age where everything is, you know, every major release has been written five times by six people and noted to death and edited to death and recut to death by studio executives. Like if you want to, you know, as a filmmaker, you can use up all your capital in one shot, be it good or bad. Um, so for that, you know, I'm excited and thankful about the movie being out there. That being said, um, it's an incoherent mess that makes you less certain of reality than you were when you started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just think it was one of the most colossal misuses of a large group of talented people in one place at one time that maybe I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, imagine if somehow Spielberg went rogue and just like was like, all right, I'm calling it all in. Or it's I'm like, going to make like it if he exactly started with episode one, right, but right. Charlton Heston was in it yeah. and like Marilyn Monroe was in it or whoever was alive at the time. Like if you just got everybody at the time to be alive in your like most controversial part right. of a larger one. You're work. just like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call in every single bit of cloud I have at once and just make exactly what I want to make. Yeah, it's like it's you like know? going to the craft table and betting, yeah, betting everything betting that everything you just won you on yeah, the yeah, 36 yeah, exactly. to 1 12 roll. <laughs> yeah, it's like putting it all on red. It's like red. I'm putting it it's all like, on 12. Yeah. Like I'm I'm betting yeah, that I yeah. roll two sixes and yeah, it's like, right. well, if you do, you're going to be rich and great. <laughs> but if you don't, like you know this is one roll <laughs> yeah, and we're taking it all it. if you don't hit it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my that's my thoughts. Great movie, but like not for any of the conventional reasons that a movie should be great. Right, right. Uh, I think everyone should check it out. I've always been a proponent of the film. I saw it three times in the theater. Um, so you're one ninth of the ticket yeah. revenue. For <laughs> yeah. I put I put money I put money in Richard Kelly's pocket uh, for sure. I, I I acknowledge. I think it's definitely a flawed film, and it's weird, and there's definitely strange acting stuff going on, and it doesn't make much sense. But I would rather that exist than it not. Mm -hmm. I think that. I think that he's a real artist and you know, he hasn't had great Hollywood success because he just doesn't make standard movies. You can't watch one of his movies and kind of get the usual thing. He has a wavelength that either you're on or you're not on. And if you're not on it, it's hard to really get into it, but I'd rather have that. I'd rather have somebody making films that it, it seems like a standard film, but it's not at all. So I, I think that we, uh, you know, we should get a fucking GoFundMe or something. So uh, give get, give him give a Kelly another chance. Give, give him a Netflix movie. TV show. <laughs> I want Here, him to make is, why doesn't Netflix give him like a couple million? Hey, make us a movie. This is what it comes down to. If I'm thinking as a producer, I'm like, damn, I agree with everything you're saying. But am I gonna put my money? Yeah, on am I, the line? yeah I want this to happen, but will I be? Will willing I to pay be for it? put it willing to pay for yeah, this but the again? Of, like no, the amount I, I would be like no. I would just Southland Tales prequel But think of the amount Amazon. of the oh. amount of shit that gets produced. Yeah, Netflix should give him a chance. Just like give Richard Kelly five million. The, the amount of something. like shit movies that get produced know, for no, the same right. amount of money he could make a movie for, and maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he's got some idea he's hot about. What you don't understand is the what I don't understand. Okay, Hollywood producer. I'm being a Hollywood producer. 
<laughs> Isaac what actually has have a you cigar produced, out. Yeah. None. Well, here's what you don't understand, kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, what, look, you, see? what you don't understand Such is condescending that, is that piece of shit. even those shitty movies you're talking about, those horrible, derivative, bullshit, awful fucking films yeah, I that do. we all hate. They Which one of us make, works in the movie business, Isaac? Is it you or is it me? Pop, though, is it right? you or is it me? Okay. Who works in the movie hey, business? All right, Mr. Authority. I'm just saying <laughs> that what you do, I do understand that, but you can still get money off of a project that his name is on. From the director of Donnie Darko, you're going to get uh, plenty of people clicking on it. All right, that's fair. You know. I'll, I'll take that. I'll agree. I'm just saying I can see why people are afraid. More work, Mr. You know? Kelly. Please get back to work. I we agree. Need no, can, if, can he like, okay, let me ask you this. If Kelly kind of said, mea culpa, this movie sucks, I'm going to come ahead, go ahead and make a more mainstream movie, would that make you happy or sad? You'd be like, no. That would make me sad. He, yeah. would, he would never say that. He would never do that. Because he, yeah, he's just a pure fucking artist. Yeah, he's, a, he's an artist. He, I dig he, it. You know. Yeah, go see Southland Tales. Go see it. Take a, take a little bit of time out of your afternoon and a lot of time out of your evening and <laughs> sit down and watch this movie. <laughs> loud and that was funny they weren't armed this is my deal now now get the fuck out of here Santeros